everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with somebody else who might also be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach. And just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, please do us a favor and drop them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me, as always, is David Hilton. Mitch, what's up, dude? Um, I'm getting my voice back. I have a question for you. Yeah? How many licks does it take? To get to the center 72. of that Tootsie Pipe. 72? 72. I'm gonna probably go way <laughs> more than that. I'm going to go three and then crunch. <laughs> three Just and like then crunch. the owl. <sighs> I don't know. Have you, have you seen I all I saw the... that old commercial the other day. It was, it, it was weird. It was like on a... Like there were some guys on a YouTube yeah. channel and then they had that like up, like working into there. And I was like, what are these guys... They're probably testing the theory, <laughs> fucking right? doing? They were, you, I don't know what they were doing. Have you man. seen the photos on the local... Like community pages, there's an owl hanging dead from a power line in Grain Valley. <laughs> it happens. It died. Its claws never yeah. let go of the power line, so its its wings are widespread. It's hanging upside down. Is from it on the power Forty line. Highway? Where is it? Somewhere in Grain Valley. I don't know. But there, there's all these people keep posting photos of it, like wanting somebody to do something about it. I'm like, it'll fall off eventually. It's nature. It, like it's let it just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, I, what do you want me to do? Take it down and bury it and have a vigil? It's yeah. a fucking owl. Go smack it with a bat. I mean, it's on a power line. I was at Glitcher one time, and someone came in. They're just like, "There's bees flying around the trash cans." It's like the middle of the summer. I'm like, they expected yeah. you to do something. And I'm about like, it. yeah, that's nature. Yeah, yeah. They're they're looking for a soda that somebody yeah, it's dumped because out. There's 14 empty monster cans in there. <laughs> The, the freaking sheetrock crew just came through here and cleaned us out of taquitos, and that's all their empty monster mm. cans. Taquitos. <laughs> Nothing will clean you out more than a quick trip taquito. I mean, yeah. if you've had some, you got to take a shit, gives you a taquito. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ugh. What are we What are we talking so, about today? Oh, wait, well, you know, what we got to talk about first is we, uh, Mr. Jorge Diaz. Yeah, yeah. Jorge, finally sent us some stuff. Jorge Diaz. He's a he's a longtime listener of the show. He's uh, started Jorge, his business Jorge, Jorge, using a lot Jorge. of what we talk about on the show. He yeah. sent us a little care package. We got some T-shirts, we got some stickers, and we got a nice oh, assortment of adult beverages. He sent us uh, some straight rye whiskey. Yeah, Zazerac. I don't know if that's like from down there or not. He is from. He's, he's from the New Orleans area. He's from Kenner, Louisiana, is yeah. where his address is. Yeah. So if you're a, a if you're looking for a plumber. Yeah. And you're. In Nolens, I can't ever say it right. Nolens, Nolens, yeah. New Orleans. Call Jorge up. Yeah, Mr. Diaz, five zero four three one five eight seven nine eight. Oh, you gave him this. <laughs> hey, you for, all your, for, for yeah. all your plumbing needs. Looky there, yeah. I like Jorge. Free He's, plug. I free think, plug. Yeah, free plug. It wasn't free. He sent T-shirts. <laughs> right. Right. I, I'm gonna go home. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna wear mine tomorrow. There you go. I'll I'm wear wearing mine right now. I'll wear it all freaking day. I'm literally day wearing it right now. Jorge, so thanks, buddy. We uh we didn't record last week. Shout out to Jorge, my man. I was uh I was down and out with the Rona again, again, second time in nine months. I've had it twice too. It maybe sucks. I sh- maybe I should have been triple vax, double boosted, and 
all of that. My wife had the vaccine. She's fucking had it too. Or not. Right. Yeah, none of that shit fucking works. So, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Just get it, get better. Thankfully, the second time around, it was like a heavy cold or mild flu for two days, and then I was, was sicker much the it. second time than I was the first time. Were you? I don't know what it was. First, first time, I was like death. The second time, no biggie. Like the first two days of it, I thought my allergies were just coming on strong, and then I started running like a one on one fever on the. And I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. and he texts me. He's like, hey, I, I, yeah. we can't do the scrap the show. Can't do the podcast. Yeah. I got to go fish. I mean, I, I, I go got the Corona. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what he, that's <laughs> like, yeah. okay. My gotcha. parents got it. And they were in the hospital for like a month. Like it just hits different people different yeah. ways. It hits yeah. everybody different. I am so. drinking a Nola. What does that say? Uh, it, uh, it looks like it says Hepatolus. Hopatolus. Hop. H O P. Oh yeah, because it's an IPA. Hopatolus. Hopatolus. It's a, is it good? It's fucking delicious. Yeah. How do you... So, Jorge, my you, main uh, man. If, I, I will say, for anybody who's looking to ship beer anywhere, if you want to ship it here, that's great. Um, <laughs> What's as your we, address? As Just we've give learned, out your address. <laughs> as we've learned, uh, don't ship beer via USPS. Because it showed up and the box was absolutely trashed on my front porch. <laughs> so, uh, and all the cans very much look like they rolled here. I don't care of, how it looks. Yeah. I don't, I don't give a shit that the cans beat to hell. It's delicious. So there's, there's a show like parks. Not and Rec. It was free. The show parks and rack. They were like, all going like a, like a bar club thing. And there's a guy admitted a drink called snake juice. Yeah. And, no one knew it, but it had like seventy percent alcohol, and everyone's like oh, drinking yeah. it. Yeah, and yeah. they're all like, "Oh, this smashed. has seventy percent." There's a scene like all of them just. Yeah, it's like, hey, you yeah. want to have a Long Island? So when you're young and you go out to the bar and everyone's like, "Dude, just get a Long Island," you're like, "Yeah, I'll have one." Yeah. You drink it. Oh yeah, I'll have another one. You, you don't drink realize it. it's five different liquors in there. And then you drink the third one, and then you're like. I'm I've, gonna vomit I've on, every, on everyone in like twenty minutes. Yeah. This is over. Yeah. Ugh. So. <gasps> So, you want to hear a wild and crazy story? Yeah, what do you got? Is it wild and crazy or is it just funny? It's pretty wild and crazy. Okay, so, give it to me. Uh, Austin, our producer here, is actually our on-staff videographer for the plumbing company. And some most days he's riding around with me filming stuff, right? Um, Easiest job is, on the planet? The, not oh, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, this day he was not riding around with me. I wish he would have been mm. this day. But he was editing and, and producing stuff and everything else. But uh, I so are, you're running calls by I'm, I'm running calls actually solo running calls by myself. Oh, yep, first yep. time in a month, I'm sure. Oh shit! So, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't there to hold his hand. Yeah, and help him through it. Yeah, Austin wasn't there to show me how to turn the wrench. <laughs> so uh, uh, our policy is we call the customer before we head that way and let them know we're coming. Right. A lot of companies' policies are if the customer doesn't answer, they don't go. We always go. Um, for one, it's a fairly small service area that we service, so it's, we're not out that much time. And for two, yeah. a lot of people are on Zoom calls these days, and they can't answer their phones. Mm-hmm. So we just go anyway, right? So or they're I, like me, and my phone is up on the kitchen table, and I'm downstairs doing stuff. Right. Well, I, I hate the policies that some companies have where it's like, if you don't answer, they don't come. Because just like if they don't want to do something, they, like they didn't answer, oh, I don't have to call again until tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's an employee thing more than a yeah. business yeah. owner thing. But yeah, you're right. Uh, so I call the customer. <clears throat> they don't answer. Not uncommon. Well, I go ahead and drive there. It's a 20-minute drive there. So I drive there, and their screen door is closed. Their front door is open. The TV's on. And like, So they're you, home. So, somebody's home, right? Yeah. And so I ring the doorbell. There's no answer. I knock on the screen door real hard. There's no answer. And I get this weird feeling. 
right? So I open the screen door and step in. Like I normally you wouldn't do this, but for some reason I just I something felt off. I mean, right? normally I would open the door and then just holler. Yeah. So like, hey, I step in like one step into the front door and I said hello, plumber, and I hear like a sliding noise across the floor, and I'm like, well, that's weird. And so I walk in through their living room and I see my customer unresponsive on the kitchen floor. He's passed out. Blacked out. Blacked out. Like completely like can't talk to you. Like he's barely there. Oh, I got you. Like 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 he's like he's unconscious. He's he's teetering in and out of consciousness. Gotcha. Like, I would ask him a question. Like so I of course as soon as I see him I run over to him. Yeah, of course. And and I start talking really loud. And and I say, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And like, it was way delayed. Like five seconds later, he would he would mutter like, yeah, and like he was like, yeah, way down. Right? I don't know what's happened. He's an older guy. He's in like his eighties or nineties. Oh, he's he's elderly. A, yeah, he's a large guy. Uh-oh. So. Uh, You're not getting him up. There's a walker right next to him. I'm assuming, like, maybe he just tripped and fell. I don't know. He's not bleeding or anything, right? Yeah. And so... When you hit your head at 85, you're in deep shit. Right. And so um, I call 911, and they start, like, walking me through everything to do, you know? And don't set him up. Lay him down. Make sure he's flat on his back. Yeah. If he starts vomiting, roll him on his side. Yeah. And they were asking me questions to trying ask to, him. Try to keep him coherent. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's he look like? Is he's? Mm-hmm. I said he looks like, like, he doesn't look alive. He's ninety, and he looks like the white trim. He like he looked, was he was so pale he was like green. Yeah. He's like a white job of the hut. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it was bad. He, he's not that big. <laughs> he, he was big enough that if I had to pick him up, I couldn't. Yeah, I'll he was in trouble. I mean, he's a big guy. Yeah. And so... And you're soft. Uh, 10 minutes, probably 10-minute response time, maybe. Maybe not even 10. Maybe, That's not awful. Maybe 7. Not, not, not crazy. Not right? awful. So, um, but he's, he's responding enough <laughs> to me where it's like you get this element of like, okay, I think he's okay. Hmm. But like he's not going to die right in front of me anyway. But he, like... He has... He has... 10 minutes. Yeah, he's got Like, he's got right. the time till they get here. And and so the the firefighters get there, and they start doing their work, and I just back up and yeah, completely give them everything. Yeah, right? you just go outside. Well, like, this is your his, job, bro. The call was actually booked under his wife's name, and so his wife's nowhere to be found. Um, and so the paramedics are asking, like, how do I know this guy? And I'm like, I don't know. I just showed up. Like, ironically, he's only three blocks from here. He's in my neighborhood. Uh, but I don't know him, right? And so I'm like, I found his cell phone. Let me see if I can, like, find his wife's number. I'm like, I called a number to come here, and nobody answered. I don't know if that's his wife's number or not. So we called that number again, and their home phone rang. Oh, gotcha. Um, And so that was not his wife's number. We were able to get into the emergency contacts of his phone and find his wife's number and find his daughter's number. So we called them, and they, uh, his his wife showed up, like, 25 minutes later. Jesus. Like she was Where away. Was she, at? she was away. She was at the doctor's office uh, and stuff gotcha. like that. So, um, I mean, she was a ways away, right? Well, the guy, the paramedics finally kind of get him roused a little bit. His blood pressure was like zero. Was he diabetic? I'm sure he was diabetic. Oh, I, I made a Facebook post. I don't want to flub the numbers. His blood pressure was something like 59 over 50. Ugh. Like it was like that's like way low. That's like. Boom, boom. And it's supposed to be pump, pump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they get him, like, he's responsive <clears throat> enough after they work on him a little bit 
he the dude refused treatment actually really he, well he's coherent enough that he's being stubborn yeah and I'm fine, I'm fine well he i mean yeah i the way he was talking it was almost like if it's my time, it's my time type of thing. Oh, he was like, he was ready to go. Yeah. And He's so, mad at you right now. He's like, motherfucker, so I was trying to get out of here. The I'm paramedics. Trying to go home. The paramedics. And this son of a bitch shows up and calls the fucking paramedics. <laughs> so the, the paramedics call his wife again, and his wife's like just mad that all this has happened and she's not there and, you know, all this stuff. Like, but, yeah, typical. Um, I'm typical. just trying to help and everyone's mad at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking Mitch. And so his wife gets there. The paramedics actually leave. Um, didn't take him to the hospital. Um, they, they, you know, there's four of them. So they were able to pick him up and get him into a chair. Yeah. And, and they were telling me, they were like, this is the hardest thing ever as a paramedic. The guy clearly needs to go to the hospital. However, if they're coherent enough to say no, and they're coherent enough to scribble at anything that looks halfway like a signature on this piece of paper, we legally can't take them. them. It's kidnapping if we take them. I'm like, wow, that's, that's insane. And so they ended up le- like they're frustrated now. Yeah. So they leave like half frustrated. Still, they did an amazing job. Like, I'm sure they did. They're like hostage negotiators almost. Yeah. Um. And so I stayed there with him until the wife got there, and of course the wife was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here and everything else." First time in my 20 year career, I've shown up to like <laughs> somebody who's teetering in and out of consciousness in the house. That guy's like, mad at you to this day. Probably. <laughs> that, like, hey, listen, let's get to the most important fact. Did you make the plumbing repair? Yep. Okay. Yeah. They had two very simple drain clogs in their master. Like it's a newer home. They just had some gunk in their master shower or master of sink. Yeah. Pop ups. Literally, yeah. I fixed it while the paramedics were working on him. Oh really? You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna like, go. I'm gonna give them you. some space anyway. I'm gonna go and check this out. <laughs> and so when the wife came home, I'm like, don't worry about this. No charge. Just yeah. Just take care of him. Make sure he. Yeah. You know, like a customer for life. You, you'll probably get eight calls from that, right? <sighs> customer for life, but. I mean, I meant a family members. I meant there you, you ass hat. <laughs> well, no, it's almost like that could be an ad. Be like, wow, you know, yeah. like us versus your plumber. Like we, like we, we save people. Yeah, we, we fix we, pipes, pet dogs, and save lives. The other what people, do you do? They come and they're just like, oh, it's okay. He didn't answer, so I didn't go run the call, and the guy's still sitting there unresponsive, mm. right? Oh, For another forty-five minutes until the wife shows up. They they actually maybe. move him out of the way to get to the drain. They're trying to get to. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're in my way. I gotta yeah. work. I'm just going to straddle you here while I run my sewer machine. Oh, <laughs> so, man. Yeah, pretty wild. Uh, you never know what you're going to run into as a service plumber. So You never know. That's service of all types. You just never know what's going to happen. Yep. So, Dave. What are we talking about today, bud? When's a, uh, when's a good time to... If, if, you're, if you're doing a trade where you're going to need a little bit of space, you're probably going to start that business out of your garage in your house and kind of get things rolling. When's a good time to consider getting a shop? When you don't have enough fucking space? <laughs> well, that's pretty quick and easy. No, well, I don't you can just uh, share the show. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Fucking question <laughs> answer. Any more stupid-ass questions? What else you got? Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's a... The problem is everyone's different. So... I'll just give you my personal story. So I worked out of our two-car garage, right? And I didn't have any trouble with it. When I needed extra space, I had people yep. that I knew that, hey, yeah, I, you know, you can store this, you can do that. But then when I did start getting bigger, we were actually looking to build a new home. 
So I went ahead and bought ground and built a building on there before we built a home because mm-hmm. I mean I needed space anyway. Yeah. So what makes sense is if I'm going to be spending the money anyway on rent, I'd rather own this building and right. be able to use it. Yep. Okay, and that's not for everybody. Yep. Like a lot of guys just need like in your situation, you just need some extra storage space. Yeah. Right? So you went to the storage locker and they rent are, are they 20 by 60? Are they uh, 10 by 60 square feet, so 60 by 20. But all that really is is shop space only. There's and, a bathroom in there. Well, and that's that's all I needed. Yep. You know, I didn't need a place to have a storefront. Yeah. I yeah. didn't need a place where I had, you know, could have office. I still had the office at home. I just needed somewhere to store it. Yep. So it it benefited me to I could either pay a thousand dollars a month to rent a storage space. Yep. Or I could take that same thousand dollars a month and put it towards a property that was going to be my own and that I could have forever. Yeah. So it was easier for me in that situation to do it. Yeah. You know, I tell guys all the time that are, <clears throat> hey, do I rent a place? Do I, you know, what do I do? I always tell people, if you can afford to buy a commercial space that is big enough for you and is big enough for you to rent a space to someone else, mm-hmm. you know, that's like a yoga studio or a pizza place or a whatever that helps cover your mortgage, mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. You know, I don't say, hey, okay, just, you know, go rent a space from a guy for $3,500. $3,500 a month in our business right now, that's a lot of money. I don't pay that for mine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But if you... It, if you want a place like that's, you know, downtown, yeah, you know, you're going to be paying for something like that. Yeah. Do you, the real question is, what kind of space are you looking for? Right. Are you looking for a, a partial storefront space in a vibrant area that's in a local downtown? Yep. Are you just looking for extra area where you can store stuff? Are you working, looking for something that's... You know, out in the middle of nowhere, who cares? I don't care what it is. Right. You know, I just I just need something. I got to have something. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, what? let me ask you. When we talked originally, mm-hmm. and I said to you, I said, hey, are you going to get a space? You said, no, I can do all of my business from the trucks. All I got to have is a 10 by 10 office mm-hmm. to do office work, and then the guys are on their own, and that's that's all we need. Yep. Why did you do that instead of having a space? Mm-hmm. Why did you then need to rent where you're at now? So for us, we started out, we went to from from one plumber, which was just me, to three plumbers. We we went from <clears> one <throat> to three with no shop. Um, we, we stored some stuff in my garage. Um, I still had room in my, my garage at my home is big enough for me to put my Ford Transit in. It's got a tall, wide door. Yeah. I was still able to, like, we weren't storing enough stuff in there that I, w- I was still even able to, like, pack my truck in there, too. Um, so that was all fine and good. I- ironically, the teetering point for me to get a shop was we had three transits that were too small for us. They weren't the extended length transits, and they weren't yeah. the high roof transits. And so we knew, we realized uh, fairly quickly that the transits are too small. We needed high roof transits. We wanted more space vertically, and we wanted more length. And 
to the difference between a standard length transit and an extended length is 30 inches. That's a lot of freaking space. That's, that's what she said. That's yeah. <laughs> that's 30 inches on each side, 30 inches of shelving on each side. So that's 60 inches of shelving. Well, it's 60 inches Six feet tall. There too. you go. I was so gonna say. there's a lot of extra material and a lot of extra tools you can keep on the that's truck. That's a lot of square feet. Yeah. So, um, it was in December of last year. So December of 21 that Man, we, has it been that long since you, yeah, that wow. we made the decision we needed all new vehicles. And so I traded in our entire fleet of transits on three new transits that were tall and long. Um, and I was going to have to change my entire fleet over. <clears throat> well, it was like four degrees outside when we were doing this. I'm like, there's, I built every truck up to that point. I built every truck in my garage and in my driveway. Yeah. And my HOA, like, I'm not doing that. My now. HOA loved me for it, but they got over it pretty quick. Get bent. Um, That's what I say. I was like, there's no way I'm going to convert three trucks over yeah. in my driveway. It's four freaking degrees outside. Like it just can't happen. And so I, I started me. looking for my building seated. <laughs> I started looking for like temporary shop space. Yeah. Um, and then, people wanted an arm and a leg for temporary shop space. <clears throat> and I, it just dawned on me like, okay, if it's I can time. find the right shop space for the right amount of money, we can actually use it to grow our business a little bit. And so that's what we did. Um, I found a place rent is like a thousand bucks a month after utilities and everything else. I think we're in for about 1500 total. That's internet. That's electricity. That's everything. You got internet out there. I have to, uh, because they, uh, my security system for my security system uh, to patch to my phone. So I get live updates of everything that goes yeah. on in the shop. I have to have internet. So, um, between all of that, um, I think we're in for about 1500 total. And so, um, we basically, I make it a point to have the 1500, like every month I try to justify to myself, where was my $1,500 in value this month? And, so we're able to store some things in the shop that we wouldn't normally keep on the truck. Well, and it saves you gas, right? You don't so, have to go pick anything up. You don't have to make an extra phone call. Hey, I yeah. need four stools. I need yeah. Now, four we don't, water heaters. We don't keep a ton of inventory in there, but we keep high-ticket items in there. Um, <clears> and, and not high-ticket. Like, they're, they're items that may not be worth a ton if they got stolen. Like, we don't have a ton of stealable stuff in there. The, but hard, like like hard-to-get stuff? Is that what you mean? Yeah. So, like, we keep a pair of, of tall, elongated toilets in there. Because when somebody decides they want to replace all the toilets in their house, you don't want to schedule that off. You want to be able to do it right now. Yeah. And so it's easy to run to the shop and grab the toilets and then take them over there. Yeah. You don't want toilets riding around in your truck because they get beat up and broken and everything yeah. else. So um, we, you know, we keep we keep things in the shop that are high revenue items that that we don't normally keep on the truck. Um, all it's where we keep like our gas pipe threading equipment and stuff like that. Like. You don't do that every day, and typically yeah. when you do, you can just run to the shop and grab it and stuff like that. So um, it's it's worked out really well for us, um, especially as we've grown and <clears> added <throat> trucks. It gives us a, a, a conditioned space to work on those trucks and build those trucks and everything else. Um, we used to have our team meetings at a local restaurant in town. We've since moved those team meetings to the shop, and it's pretty cool the way we've got it set up. Meeting starts at 7 a.m., um, uh, we don't do any official business until 7.30. So from 7 to 7.30, it is music playing. Um, we play bags. We shoot the shit, coffee, donuts, whatever. Like, 
hang out, have fun. You, you have to be there at seven. I'm not. It, first but, off, if there's not food, I'm not showing up at seven. Right. 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 So yeah, we've got. And if I know, show up and you got a donut, get bent. Like <laughs> if there's not some like some. Have you seen my plumbers? No, they're not, not slender. I don't want donuts. <laughs> I want bacon, eggs, sausage. Well, so so that's, that's what, what I want. So that's where I want to get to. I want to get to a point where we have like a blackstone in there, and I'm you know, I'm there just, like you, six. You can and, just get a one of those little flat top griddles and yeah, do it. Just plug it in. Yeah. Well. I want to get to a point where I'm able to get out there and like cook them breakfast and all that stuff. The problem is I'm not the greatest to cook, so that's something I'm going to have to like no. work into. Literally, they're, they're trying. Let me, you know, I've known some guys. So when I first started out, the the storage the storage units didn't really have like what you've rented now. Yeah. You know, and so as a heating and cooling guy, it was always the debate was how do you have a sheet metal shop. You know, I was fortunate enough that I knew guys with sheet metal shops, right. so I could just be like, "Hey, man," you know, and I would just you know throw them fifty bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever, yeah. you know, and they'd let me use it. Those have come a long way. Like your shop now, you could put a sheet metal shop in there. Yeah, you could put a sheet metal shop in there, and for fifteen hundred dollars a month, cover most of your utilities, and have a place to. It's hum- if I had the money to build like a giant one of those, I would. Yeah. Because it's a great asset for guys that are that are in between. Like, yeah. hey, I don't know what to do. Do I do I get a huge space? Do I get a small space? It, it, especially I mean, in like in the heating and cooling industry, if you want to sell, uh, so if you want to sell train equipment, like back in the day, and I think a man is that way now still. And I think Linux is too. You have to have a full-fledged sheet metal shop before yeah. they'll even consider selling you equipment. Yep. Well, that's a really good stopgap yeah. to get there. Like if you can just have a break and say you could just have a break and a Pittsburgh and a big table and rent that small a space for that cheap of money to get you you know, moving, it's a really good stopgap yeah. for guys that need just well, that. In small my, space. My space is tiny. Mine's a twelve hundred square foot space. It's the smallest one they have at that facility. They've but got they've we, got twenty four hundred, <clears throat> and then they've got thirty six hundred square foot spaces too. Yeah, so it's so one, two, or three. One, units. two, or three doors yeah. is basically what it is. So, yeah. but um, yeah. So for me, the justification, like we could have kept operating. I could have toughed it out for a couple of weeks, got the trucks converted over, and then been rolling just the way we were. But for me, it was. Okay, it makes it a little bit more comfortable to change the trucks over, but as long as I can identify measurable value each month for how the shop paid for itself, it's worth it. Yeah. And so that's what we've done. Um, And ease of operation and being comfortable, it's hard to quantify those dollars made. Yeah. But it does make a huge difference Yeah. when you can relax. And when you know that, Hey, I have this storage space available, right. it takes that stress kind of off of you. Yeah. So I, I mean, I know a lot of guys fight with, you know, Hey, this month I really had to have it, but I know next month I'm not going to need it. Right. And then in two months, am I going to need it? If you're on the fence and you think you can afford it, it's easier to just go ahead and do it. Not to mention the motivation factor it gives you naturally to say, hey, okay, I've made a step up here in my company. Yeah. Now I have to keep rolling with what I've been doing. Yeah. It can provide provide focus for you. Yeah. You know, when you didn't know you even needed it. 
So, so another thing that we have there is we've got some shelves in there that are kind of like each individual's plumber, each individual plumber's like storage area. So like a little locker or something. And it's not even locked up because we've got some really, like we don't have to worry about the guy's stuff, like guys stealing each other's stuff or anything, but basically large tools that they have that they don't use very often, but that they want to want to have access to, they want to have access to, they can put them there in their section in the shop. And, and that way, you know, it like, let's say a whole bunch of shovels and rakes and all this kind of stuff. Well, you don't go do dig work every day. But when you do, it's usually planned. And so if you're going to go do dig work tomorrow, you can swing by the shop and grab your dig yeah. work related tools. I, my, yeah, so, I got to have my Razorback cap rock shovel. Yeah. You know, everyone has their, yep. you know, so their it, stuff. It allows them to keep their truck a little bit cleaner and more organized because they don't have to have. It's not, it's not like a four-year-old carrying around their worldly possessions with them everywhere they go. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I get it. <laughs> um, oh, man. So... Um, yeah, it, we filmed uh, a couple of TV commercials in the shop. Like we we use the shop quite a bit for everything. So yeah, and um, if you're it, if you're on the fence and you don't think you can make that payment, I mean don't you know don't go do it. Yeah, if you think you can tough it out, yeah. and you're worried, tough it out. Don't make yourself uncomfortable I'll, if you if I'll you don't have this. to. We were doing over three quarters of a million dollars a year in revenue before I got a shop. Yeah. So you don't have to have it. You can literally use it both ways for motivation. You can literally use the lack of a shop as motivation to streamline your organization process. Yeah. You can use it to say like, I got to have these trucks freaking organized and the, the inventory has got to be freaking perfect because I don't have a shop. Right. Well then you can still grow beyond that and say like, okay, now if I get a shop, how's it going to pay for itself? Well, it's going to pay for itself because we have items in there that guarantee us to be able to make a sale in a moment's notice. And uh, my wife answers our phones and we've got somebody else answering our phones as well. But um, the guys know that like if they're on a job and they sell something and it's in the shop, they can actually call my wife and she'll drive to the shop, pick it up and take it to them so that they can work on four or five repairs that they're doing. Yeah. And, and then their material shows up. So like things like that are all reasons where the shop pays for itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, those didn't happen when we were just me. Let me ask you a fantasy question. If you were needing more, let's say you needed more space than you needed now. Mm -hmm. And the space you have now was not available. And you were thinking, where is, where else would I want to have my storefront? Would it be, in an old downtown? Would so, it be in a high traffic area? Yeah, so Does I it picked, matter to you? Do, can it just be out in the... Like, my place was out in the country. Yep. Like, it was... It was... It took me more time and money to go there and get stuff than yep. it took me to go to my house. Yeah. But I needed the space. You so, know what I mean? So, I, as far as location goes, like, I mean, what's what would be your best... So, commercial real estate is priced based off of how many people see that piece of real estate every day. The more people that see that piece of real estate every day, the higher and more expensive that that place, that lease or that purchase price is going to be. So my thought process as I was navigating all of that was, if I have a shop, it's either going to be in the most visible and most prominent place in town, 
and I'm going to pay out the nose for it, but it doubles as advertising, right? You can right. have a nice sign. Everybody sees it. So it's either going to be in the most visible place in town or it's going to be in the most inconspicuous place in town. That's to what, convenient. That's, that's convenient to where I'm not – I'm not spending any more than I absolutely have to. It'll be dirt cheap, but I get no advertising from it, right? So I, for this first shop, um, I chose to go inconspicuous. Um, our marketing was already doing fairly well and everything else. I didn't need the additional marketing. At this point, I didn't need the additional marketing that would come from the from the more expensive, more prominent location. But that's that's probably where I'll go next is like, like in the most obvious place like a store, in town. Yeah, a storefront. Uh, not really it's, a storefront, but just a place storefront. that gets driven by a ton, right? Yeah. That, that, to give you that top of mind awareness. And so. I was talking to a guy. The, the reason I kind of brought that up, like Mitch was texting me today, hey, what, what are we going to talk about? I had a guy ask me um, a, this specific question, and he wanted to get a high-profile area. It was right off of I-70, Mm-hmm. But it's in a dumpster part of town. Yeah. Okay. The problem with that, so it it had a ton of visibility from I-70. Mm-hmm. Okay. A ton of visibility. The problem is that visibility there does not antiquate to customers that he wants. Right. Is what I was telling him. Okay. So for, for where it was, you got a ton of traffic for not much money, but it was in a dangerous part of town. Mm-hmm. It's not leads he wants, mm-hmm. okay? And it doesn't work out. You have to think about those things when you're getting a place. Right. Okay? You're not going to be, I'm just going to say, you you don't want to be in downtown Kansas City, Missouri, next to I-70, paying $2,000 a month when you could be in downtown Lee Summit around customers that are actually going to use you for $2,500 a month. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to be thinking consciously about where I'm at, what those leads are. I mean, that was his whole thing. He was like, hey, man, I got this opportunity. It's seriously, it's right off I-70. I'm going to, you know, I can put a billboard up. And I'm like, dude, you don't. First off, it's an international highway. Yeah. None of those people live here. Yeah. 90% of the customers driving. Like, yeah. so, so we're in Kansas City. Interstate 70 runs right through Kansas City. Yeah. And anybody selling real estate or, or leasing real estate off Interstate 70 is going to talk about all the cars that drive by there. Exactly. A million cars a day or whatever. Yeah. Well, You're... 98% of those cars aren't even eligible to be your customer because they don't live in our market. Right? Exactly. Now, if you're, if you're putting up a billboard and you sell some kind of national product, maybe you know, It'd be insurance or healthcare or something like that. Well, yeah. okay. Yeah. But, and that's why I bring that up. You have to be conscious. We talk about this on the show all the time. You have to be conscious about your specific situation and where you're at mm-hmm. in your business and your life. How does it apply to you? How, how are the cust? what are the customers you're looking for? Okay. You have to be able to take all of that ball of wax, all of that bullshit and, kind of get it down into this is what I'm looking for. This is where I need to be. This is where I need to focus my energy. Right. You know, and after I said those things to him, he was like, you know what? You're right. Right. He's like, I don't. And he had hesitations. That's why he called. Yeah. You know, that's why you called me originally. Hey. Yeah. Because you just want to, you want to hear the answer 
that you know in your heart is the right answer. Well, like, yeah. hey, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be out there. Maybe I'll call somebody and find out. You know. Well, and that's the that's the part about having a really good network of people that you can trust. Is like, right? There's there's a thousand problems you'll come across in life in general where you think you might know the right answer, but you're still going to ask somebody else for their advice and their guidance just to either firm up your what you already know or to, to bring up something that you didn't even think of and pull you away from what you thought. Right. right. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, it's a good question to ask, especially when you start applying, like who's your target customer and where's the benefit and, and all that. So yeah, for me, you know, theft, you can have some pretty expensive things in a plumbing shop. And so, um, having a good part of town and a good secure location is is pretty important, right? So got to take it all in. There's there's a plumber here in Kansas City where his shop is literally in the middle of the ghetto, and I don't know how many times he gets broke into. I can just assume that he probably gets broke into a lot because it's in the middle of the freaking ghetto. Like, yeah, I don't know why. You know, I I I'm not like second guessing his business or anything else. Obviously it works for him, but yeah. to me, I just look at that and I'm like, why in the world would you put your shop in the middle of the ghetto? It just doesn't make sense. Well, and why would you want to deal with the headache? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like the headache alone, like I will say some guys don't even care, right? right? It just it it doesn't affect them in any way. Right. They don't care, it doesn't bother them. Like to me, I'd be worried about it all the time. Yeah. Like, man, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. You know, it getting f- f- video on your phone like uh, the cameras at my house oh, yeah. like, oh shit oh right. that's a raccoon oh it's a you know someone's the f- right 24 7 right that's just no fun right gunner dude get out of here bro my, my dog showed up get out of here hey, buddy what do you think huh he's a good dude i don't know what he's doing so all right for, for those of us on youtube there's a dog over my right shoulder it's a portrait of my dog gunner it's a creepy ass picture. I don't know why you hung that up. It's so fucking creepy. That's my dog, man. It's creepy, man. It's a dog wearing a suit. Yeah. It's weird. Okay, I'm gonna All ask right. you another question. All right. Fire what, away. What question? Well, wait, wait, wait. Let me think. Let me think. Oh yeah, I remember. How do you deal with employees trying to negotiate their situation with you? And by that, I mean, I feel like. Bad employees, I shouldn't say bad employees, I feel like employees that are always trying to get that extra inch, that extra mile, they're always coming to you like trying to convince you, oh, you're a business owner, you should be paying me this. Yeah. Or I feel like the company's so big that I should be get getting X. Yeah. Or, you know, and the reason I brought this up, I told him earlier, I have a buddy that works at a big company, he's a manager, and he's and so he's like the in-between you know, so he gets all the questions all the time. Right. Oh man, they're making so much money. I should be getting this. And they're literally trying to negotiate with him all the time, their pay, their benefits. They should be getting, you know, more of this, more vacation time, more sick time. I mean, how do you deal with that? Yeah. So that all starts with confidence in how you've set your business up. So I had like a row. So this is one area where I, I am very thankful of my years in management prior to starting my company. Um, that we talk about all the time. We, we talk about For it For guys lot. that aren't ready to go and they're just like, hey, I, I, I think I can stick it out a year. Suck that management try to, experience up, man. Try to get into up, a man. manager position and learn Suck a little bit. Suck it right? up. So um, um, I had a very exact framework 
for how I was going to have all of our benefits and our compensation package and everything. And I wasn't able to do the full package early on. Um, full package including like tons of vacation, uh, retirement particip participation, like a matching retirement program, um, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And I wasn't able to do all of that early on. We had to grow a little bit and do that. But as you have team members that come on with you early and then you start adding some of those benefits, it's like a pay raise to the guys. Right. So I had a very exact roadmap of like, here's all the benefits I want our guys to have. And if you want good guys, you have to offer good compensation and good benefits. Um, if you want crappy guys, then you're going to offer crappy compensation and crappy benefits. And then you're going to sit there and wonder for years like, oh, I can't find good help. Well, the reason why is because you're not paying for shit. So um, we pay very well and we have very good benefits. And um, that helps attract really good people. Um, there's, there's like a middle ground there. Everybody, everybody who's dealt with customers knows this. The $100 customer is usually the biggest pain in the ass ever. The $1,000 customer is just like, yeah, do it. Let me know when you're done. Right. right? So um, we kind of view the same thing with our team members, with our employees. I don't want $100 employees. I want $1,000 employees. Like, that's that's what you want. They they yeah. they understand the game a little bit more. So um, our compensation package is really really good, um, and then our benefits package is amazing. Like we pay for their health insurance in full. Um, they get one week's paid vacation at ninety days. They get two weeks at a year, and they get three weeks paid vacation at two years. Like nobody advances vacation that fast. We do because I think I'm gonna get on payroll. Also. <laughs> um, no. And, and, and there's, there, no. there's also no, no wait period for our insurance. Your insurance is literally effective like the first day of the month following your hire date. Yeah. Like we give them the benefits from the get-go. And the philosophy there is if you want the top-tier guys, they're walking away from those exact benefits to come work for you. So you better give them those exact benefits from day one. You, you're not going to go get a guy who has three weeks vacation and you're not going to lure them over to your company saying, well, after you work a year, you can have five paid days off. Yeah. Like that's just not going to happen. So we advance everything, put it on really early. And, and that way it helps us attract the right people. Um, having the right people on the team mitigates a lot of those conversations. Having a good plan for where your benefits are going to land and where your compensation is going to land is also going to mitigate a lot of those conversations. But there's two things that happen with those conversations. One is you might have a piece of shit employee that just keeps asking and asking and asking and asking, and they're not really giving in return to the company. That's a red flag, right? The other... What do you mean by they're giving to the company, but they're asking and asking? Give me an example. They're, Give me like their performance is bad. They're not doing... They're the, not making sales. They're not making sales, or they're not doing their job very well, but yet they think they're the reason you're successful. Oh, uh, I got you. They, them okay. and them alone, right? That's where, I, that's where you lost me. And, and so, but they keep asking for more, and they keep asking for more. Oh, more but money yet, or more benefits or more retirement knows, or whatever. Right? I got you. So that's like a guy that you probably don't want on your team. But a guy that you do want on your team, 
just because a guy's asking for more doesn't mean it's like a bad sign. If you've got a guy that's contributing in in every area whatsoever, then it's if he's asking for those kinds of things, it can be a good sign. Um, especially if he's hitting the objectives everywhere else. That means that he's dedicated, and that means that he's got a longer-term vision and everything else. Yeah, maybe but, he's looking for a management position when you get bigger. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Um, and so you still, like, it's still a business, and there's still certain percentages that you have to work with. Like, like in our business, labor, the cost of our labor can never exceed X percent of our revenue. And it's different for every business, so I'm not going to share what percentage that is for me. But like, I have a benchmark number of for every thousand dollars we make in the company, I need to be spending X amount of dollars on labor and no more. And so it's a number that I measure literally every month. As we close out every single month, I look at it and say, okay, we did this much in revenue. Our labor percentage was X. And that's how I that's that was my metric for adding in benefits. As soon as that labor metric went way under target, then I was able to say, okay, we, we have enough room now where I can go ahead and feed in this benefit, and I can feed in this benefit, and and all of this stuff. And so benefits cost the company money. Benefits add to your labor expense, and so I'm actually able to like monitor that labor expense as it grows. But um, measuring that labor percentage is key um, and knowing what that percentage is. And it's, again, it's different for every company out there. So I would, I would be able, like I would have guys come to me and, and bring up those things. And I would, I would go look at the labor percentages. And if we were under, then I would very much entertain like what they're talking about. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to do exactly what they ask, but I'm, uh, what it had meant was I would like go to my bag of things that I've wanted to add and I would probably try to pick one and go ahead and add it if we were under on our labor yeah. percentage. If we were over on our labor percentage, that typically means the guys are underperforming at their key role, their sales job. They're, I mean, our job is like sell plumbing and install plumbing, right? Yeah. So, and that's a red flag. Like, hey, I need to say what's the problem with our sales? Why are right? Is it is it something in the in my end, is it something? Are you are you guys not getting what you need? Are you guys not? Yeah, is it so just I'm, you guys not making sales? I mean, what what's the deal? Yeah, so I'm able to like go back to the metrics, and they have some metrics that are they're individually responsible for, um, like conversion rate, how many calls they go to versus how many calls they make a sale on, and their average sale and things like that. And so I'm able to measure all those things, and if if a guy's complaining that he's not making enough money. The first thing I do is make sure he's doing, he's hitting his metrics. And I'm going to, I'm going to say probably 50% of the time a guy's not making enough money. It's because he's not hitting his metrics. He's not converting enough calls that he's running, or he's not, his average sale is not where it should be or something to that effect. Right. And so typically you can nip that whole thing in the bud just by getting that guy up and going. Yeah. But it's a whole different conversation if you've got a guy that's hitting all of his metrics and he's still bringing that up and you look at the labor percentage and it's not where it needs to be. So, so you know, I built my business basically off percentages 
uh, my budget is basically off of percentages. So um, if we're way over on labor percentage, I'm totally cool throwing out more benefit for the employees as we grow and everything else. If we're way, uh, I say, if we're yeah, way you don't under, mean off of one month, you mean off of like a sustained. Hey, yeah, I've seen this happening over this way. four or five months. Yeah. So let yeah. me let me throw you one curveball. Yeah. So as a company that's, and I'm just going to pick you as an example. I don't. How many guys do you have now? Uh, so we, we recently lost a plumber. So now I mean, we're down to two plumbers. Okay. So say you had so, three, say you had three guys. Yeah. Okay. And you had three or four guys and one guy literally is a rock star. Yep. Like he is, he's selling everything. He's making the other guys better. He is literally outperforming everything you could think he could do. Yeah. Okay. And he's coming to you saying, Hey, I think, you know, I should be doing X, Y. I think I should be getting X, Y, and Z. And you can, you look at him now yep. and you're like, man, if, if I was in this big company, I would be promoting him to a manager. Right. But my company is not big enough. I don't need a manager. I don't have the work to go hire two more plumbers and then have him as a manager. How would you handle that employee? Um, so it's a conversation where you have to, I mean, I come to you and I'm a rock star, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. dude, look, I I know I could be running ten guys. If, if I want to be making X amount of dollars, yep. I'm either leaving you, not because I don't want to work here, yeah, but because I mean I'm ready to be moving up that ladder. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how do you handle you, that conversation? You might lose the guy over it. You you very yeah, well might. You could right. And I'm not and I'm not saying he's definitely leaving or not. I'm just saying, yep. This guy comes to you. What do you say to him? So. It's, it's a conversation, right? A conversation is an ongoing thing that's both people exchanging ideas. That's what a conversation is. So you, you open a conversation with them um, about it, and it takes several days, several weeks, or whatever to, to work that, let that conversation run So its course. initially, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but yep. say this is happening to somebody. Initially, you say, I completely agree with you. You are a rock star. Let me think about this. Let's have a meeting in three days let's have a meeting in two days let me get my head wrapped around of of where i think the company's going and what i think you're doing yeah right i mean that's that's your initial comments to a person like that right that's your initial reaction your initial comment right you you're you're uh, let me tell you this your employees don't want you to make a rash decision they may act like they do they may even ask for it but it is a major sign of weakness if you if i go to my boss and and i tell him I want to be making more. And the boss goes, okay, here's more. If, uh, if that's, if, if you're an employee and that happened, the, immediate, off, if, the immediate thing you think of, if Austin did that to you, his immediate reaction would be smile on his face. Well, <laughs> no, you, you, you would feel like a little unsettling because like, as quick as he could give me more, that's, that means as, you're getting fucked the whole rest that, of the time. Yes, right? exactly. That, that means, that means you were getting fucked over for months. If he was that willy nilly able to just go in and arbitrarily, okay, here's more. Pay. I've been trying to get or, Austin a raise for like three weeks for, or not, for any of the new listeners. Or not just that, just like as quick as he could give, he can also like take away. So you kind of get the feeling of like the the sort of like meter between you being here and getting kicked out is like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. Oh, good so, answer, Austin. So <laughs> good the, job. I thanks. like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you don't want a manager that just, I like it. that just concedes that fast. 
right? Because that means two things. One, you were getting screwed over the entire time. Or two, your manager really doesn't know what he's doing, and he's desperate, and he's just willing to throw money at you to get you to stay. And although that provides a short-term benefit, long-term, that's freaking scary. Because if, if your be. boss or your manager doesn't know what he's doing, that means the company's probably very unstable. And also, I could be thinking like, oh, I could have asked for a lot more if he's going to be that willing. Exactly. And you're like always wondering, okay. <laughs> so so that's why I have That's all why of, I threw Mitch this curveball. I knew there was going to be some good answers in there. Yeah, so I had all of those metrics kind of in place, right? And so as my guys would have some of those conversations with me, I would tell him, like, let me go back and look at the numbers and see where we're at. Like, all the guys knew I had this vision for expanding benefits and adding benefits and everything else. And so I would look, and if the budget was there, I would reach in and go ahead and add another benefit to our plethora of benefits um, and, and, and roll on. So another thing that helps settle all of that is if you know you're offering a badass package from the get-go, that helps settle that. Right. Yeah. It's it's one thing if a guy can go somewhere else and get paid boatloads more for for doing equal or less work. Yeah. Right. It's another thing if it's understood that they're making more working for you than they are anywhere else. And they're doing equal or less work for you to make that. Right. So so that helps handle all of that, too. Let me. And it's this is I don't know if I've learned this over time or not. If. If I'm making, I'm just, if I'm making a hundred thousand dollars at this company, okay, and I'm up in the upper echelon of where I should be, I'm trying to think of a good way to say this. If I'm making a hundred thousand dollars and that's pretty close to the top of where um, my expertise is in my field, okay, and I know I can go to this company over here and make one ten. Okay, people don't like change, right? Okay, so as a boss, you need to know that. As long as you're close, sometimes, like if I'm working for Mitch and I'm making a hundred grand, but the environment is great, like I, I'm relaxed, I'm having a good time, I enjoy the people I'm working with, but I can go over here and make one fifteen, but I know that the people I'm going to be working for are a bunch of complete douches. And I know the guys work there that are going to be under me are, you know, getting out the door every six weeks. There's a rotation. Right. People will stay for the less money if it's a great work environment. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like, you know, it, it took me a long time to realize that. Right. I don't know if it was just from experience, if it was just from, you know, seeing the way guys leave and go to different places. I don't know what that is, but if if you as a business owner can just stay close, I know this this sounds like a cop out, right. but it's not. If you can just say stay close, but then you can offer a great place to work. Yeah. Like where you have fun with your guys and there's camaraderie and you're treated well, you treat your guys well, they will stay with you. Yeah. No one wants to leave just for a small, uh, for, for a five to 10% raise. So to, to have a place to work that is mentally unhealthy mm-hmm. as compared to the place that they're working now. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, this comes to, down to, you know, we've talked about this in previous episodes. Um, the easiest way to treat your customers is to provide them more value than any other company in town. 
And if Same you're the, for employees, if, right? Right. If you're the company that's providing your customers more value than anywhere else in town, you can pretty much name your price at that point. Right. Well, the same goes for your employees. If you're providing your employees more value than anywhere else in town, that's going to alleviate a lot of those concerns. Um, if you're providing them more value than anywhere else in town, it's probably understood that you have higher expectations of them than a lot of companies. You're not going to have people that are just bumping and riding along. You you want producers, right? Right. Um, but then also, um, um, when some of those $5,000 a year teeter-totter type things come up, they're able to look back and say, okay, yeah, it's $5,000 more on the check. However, if I go over there, I lose all of my vacation time. I lose all of my seniority. I lose, uh, now I have to go into on-call because like we don't do on-call, right? Yeah. So now I have to go into on-call and they start like putting a value to what is that $5,000 worth? And okay, yeah, I might make five grand more, However, I've got to work 15 or 18 days more a year by the time you factor in on call. I lose vacation time and everything else. Well, then all of a sudden that $5,000 more is no longer valuable to them. Right. So that, right. Is, that is key. Another, That's I, that is exactly what I was getting at. A, another way to do this as well is have a higher level of care for your people than anywhere else in town have a relationship with them, right? So if they have a family member that passes away and they need to take a couple of days off to go deal with that, you can give that to them. And it's not like their boss going, well, I'll approve one day, but I'm not going to approve three days. Yeah. You know, if you're at a place, if you're thinking about starting your company and you have a death in the family and you're, and they won't give you two days, fuck them. Right. 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 Um, <laughs> I mean, be looking. Yeah, I would be looking. I was just talking to somebody who was talking about when they quit, they uh, they they quit their job and they did not. They they quit their job to start their own company. This is actually the girl that does our laundry service here for our company. Um, she does a mobile laundry service. She pro- really she provides you with she provides us with a bag. This is essentially like. We'll, we'll side note here for a second. Side note. Um, I love side notes. This, Mitch hates it when this, I do it. He loves it when he does it. Saw a niche <laughs> where. Um, people needed, people wanted laundry done. So literally she provides you with a bag. All the wand, all the laundry you can fit in the bag is included in one price. And she will wash all of that laundry and it will be back on your doorstep, hung and folded and clean the next day. Damn. Yeah. Freaking amazing. So is it, it, does she just do like service companies or is it just like a, we're we're one of her only for your family. We, we were her first service company. She, I got she does it for stay-at-home moms that are just tired of fucking folding socks. How much? How much is it? All you can fit in the bag. For how much? It's like eighteen dollars a eighteen dollars a bag. Dude, my wife is gonna shit. Yeah, I'll give you a number after the show. <laughs> okay, so, I love it. And and I've worked with her and coached her a little bit on like how to handle your like she was going through some growing struggles and everything else, and I kind of came up with this out of the box idea for how you should handle it. And literally, I just ran into her this afternoon. Um, How many bags do you go through a week? I'm, I am seriously thinking about... Yeah. Every, like, every employee we have has a bag. I'm at your, your house. No, she doesn't do our laundry. She does our company's laundry. I'm thinking about having her do my house laundry. Yeah. 
Dude, my wife would love... Jan- yeah. Janine would shit. Yeah. Like, if I came home and said, here, all you have to do is put the laundry in this and throw it out on the porch, she'll Literally, come and get it. all your laundry that you can fit in the bag, she washes. So, um, and it's, again, it's folded and hung and everything. Water costs money and Fucking so does awesome. soap. Right. So... I'm on it. Um, where were we going before I got off onto that? I'm candy? so sorry. It's my fault. I, I'm... I, you had me inspired. I'm now sorry. I, where were we going before I got... Now I've completely lost my train of thought. You were... Um, you were giving her pointers. Mm-mm-mm. I have no idea, man. Now I can't remember. I'm Damn sorry. It. I fucked that all you, up. Yep. You I screwed it all up. Oh, a, no, no, no. That's that where we were. That is 100% my fault. So she, she quit. Okay, her, she quit she, her job. She was working yeah, at like gotcha. a home cleaning company. Um, she quit her job, and she did not give two weeks notice. And she was like, man, my employer was so pissed off and everything else. I will go on record right now and say the two-week notice is dead in America. Your employer could not give two shits about firing you without giving you two weeks notice there is no reason you should have to give two weeks notice to your employer stop i agree with you 100 percent. but if you have a really really good job like so my wife's job she's on if you have signed a contract wherever you're at don't go and quit tomorrow because mitch ran his mouth check your contract because my wife has to give six weeks to totally. get, get her shit. Contractual employees are totally different. That's why I'm throwing the right? caveat out there. Now, I don't want you to go tomorrow and uh, then someone <laughs> calls you and says, Mitch, I'm suing your ass. You uh, told me to quit my fucking job. You can't, if you're a contractual employee, you can't get fired, right? You're going you're gonna to be owed portions yeah, you of your severance. contract. Right? Yeah, you so get a severance. That's totally different. Yeah. So, uh, but for, for all hourly people and all salary people and everything else, the two-week notice is absolutely dead. Um, yeah. Now, at the point you're wanting to quit your job, why are you wanting to quit your job? Well, you're either not making enough or your employer's not taking care of you like you feel they should. You shouldn't have to give your employer, like, if you don't start taking care of me better in two weeks, I'm going to quit. Like, that's that's bullshit, and it's, no. it's tired and outdated. I had a friend of mine quit his job. He, he was applying for other jobs. Uh, he's, he works for, works for big, big companies, fortune 500 type companies. He was applying for other jobs. He accepts a job offer at another job and they want him to start immediately. And he says, no, I'm going to give two weeks notice at my old job. Did he not get the job? So he goes and gives, you know, he got the job. Okay. He goes and gives two weeks notice at the old job. They work him out his two weeks. He goes to start the new job, and they said, sorry, corporate things have changed a little bit. The position you were applying That's what I for. I just said, did he not get the job? And you said no. He got the job initially. Yeah. But then whenever it came saying, time to start. Is, so that's what I'm saying. So yeah. he went to start it, and they said no. So, so, yeah, he works his two weeks out, and then he goes to start the new job and they said corporate things have changed this position is no longer we're no longer having this position in the company God, sued their ass and he's like damn so he goes back to his old company and says hey that fell through can i have my job back and they said sorry once you put in your two weeks we actually restructured and we've done away with your old position so now because the guy was trying to be noble and give a two-week yeah. notice yeah. he has no fucking job yeah I've been saying fuck everybody for a long time, and everyone looks at me like I'm a real ass. No. I think it only it probably only matters if the next boss cares about it. Like if it's, I feel like if you if you leave like the restaurant, well, like the fast food or no. whatever, it's like oh yeah, I get it. It's no, fast food. no, no. Wait, I'll say well, this. No, I will, let me say this. 
when that company said to him, no, we need you to start right away, and he said no, he probably should have been like, mm, yeah. are they going to fuck me if I give two weeks? Yeah, or, I mean, who knows, right? Well, it goes back to the principle of him, like, when the boss says, yeah, right away. If Anytime you get, like, a, like a snap decision like that, it's like... Yeah, flag, yeah. Probably. So now this is being said from a guy, me, mm-hmm. who has given two weeks everywhere I've left. So um, I've never, been, I've never given, I've two, never weeks. given two, at, two weeks at, at the company. Notice a quick trip. At the company that I was at for ten years, I pretty much built their plumbing department for them. I actually gave them a three-week notice, and that was out of respect. And that's after they fucked your eyeballs out. No, 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 no. That company was amazing. The like, three, the three-letter company. No, you, not that one. Okay. Um, but, but I, so I was there for 10 years. They didn't screw me over. Why am they I didn't. thinking of Yeah. the Superman place? Yeah. They didn't screw me over. That was I, great. I thought they gave your job to some owner's son. No. Who was an idiot. No, no, no. Okay. I mean, whatever they did after I left, that's on them. Gotcha. But I gave them three weeks notice because I knew it would take, I knew it would catch them way off guard that I was leaving. And I knew it would take three weeks for me to train enough people to do what I was doing. Right. So, and and then the other company that I left right before I started our company, I gave them a two week notice. I had, I mean, I was only there for seven months. I built their plumbing department for them. And like, I knew it would take a couple of weeks to get people trained up to do what I was doing. Yeah. So, But there were people underneath you that already had a good idea, I'm they, sure. Yeah. And so that's that's a little bit different when you're a manager and you're responsible for, like, team production and everything else. That can be a little bit different. Um, I didn't feel obligated. Like, I chose to give two weeks notice, and I knew it was not going to affect my future outcome. However, if you're an hourly employee or whatever else... You don't like if you want to, that's fine. Don't feel the need to give two weeks notice. No. I'll tell you this. If one of my guys gives a two weeks notice, he's terminated immediately. As a business owner, that is the scariest two weeks of your life. You take a guy that's probably never had an injury, and I guarantee you he's going to get hurt on the job in those two weeks. And then guess what? He can't not work for you anymore. Because now he's got a work comp claim against you, and he has to keep working. Like, he literally can't quit with an ongoing work comp claim. Now, you know if you fire him, if you if he comes to you and says, hey, I'm giving you my two weeks, and you say, no, you're just terminated now, you know you have to pay unemployment on him for at least two weeks, right? Still perfectly fine. Okay. Still absolutely I'm perfectly just, hey, fine. It's, this is an information show. You don't want a guy whose head's out the door and his one foot's out the door interacting with your customers any longer the moment he puts in his two weeks yeah he's taking them dudes with him yeah so you want them out of your organization and it's not it's not like this is a malicious thing or anything else it's simple business if you got a guy that doesn't want to be on your team anymore why would you let him be on your team for another two weeks first off you're being a jackass if a guy comes to you and says hey man i'm giving you two weeks i'm going to work for my dad over here he needs help i'm i'm going to do that instead of i'm not going over so don't just don't just like Austin said make a snap fucking decision about it. Yeah. Know the facts. If I, he says if a guy comes in and says, "Hey, I'm going to another plumbing company." Okay. Yeah. Like you could do that. I could see you doing that then. But if he comes in and says, "Hey man, I'm I've got to go over here and I've got to help my buddy or I'm going to work for my dad in the family business or I'm changing careers and I'm going to do this because I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. There's no reason to be a huge douche about it. No, and it's not, you're not being a douche by terminating him immediately either. It's, it's literally like their head is checked out. Their, their heads already in the dad's business. That's not true. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
That's not, that's not necessarily true. I, I guess I expect a certain level of performance from my guys, and I know that if, if they're if, already if I, out. If, if I came to you and I said, and this is what why we do the show good. Yeah. If I came to you and said, hey, I got to go help my dad do this. He got hurt. I'm going to help with the family business. I'm going to give you two weeks. They've got it, got it covered, and then I'm taking that thing over. Yeah. And you said, hey, man. I'm terminating you right now. I'd, I'd look at you and I'd say, "Are you paying me for two weeks?" I'll, because I already told him that. I'll pay the guy for two weeks. Okay. Like it's not, it's not, it's it's literally just the moment their head is checked out. It's it's this isn't like a you can't quit because I'm firing you type of thing. No, I get that. This, I, this that's is, not what I'm saying. Yeah, this is more of a if your head is that checked out, just go ahead and go. I'll pay you for the freaking like if like, if it's a guy if, that I value that much, I'll pay you guy, for the two weeks. What if the guy is like, hey man, I know you're busy as shit, and I know you have calls booked up for me for the next four days, and I'm willing to do that for you before I go on. You're still firing him? Maybe. Man, what a I mean, it, douche. It's kind of a case. Of, well, again, it's at that point, it's not like a firing, right? It's like a, it's like I'll go ahead and pay you for the two weeks. And and all of that. So here's the full circle of this. I've worked at companies before where nobody ever. We're not talking about other companies. We're talking about your company. I know. But what what I'm saying is this fucking guy muggles. What I'm saying is there's been there's been a lot of other companies where I've worked at where you never even got a guy telling you he quit. His truck would show up in the parking lot in the morning with all of his uniforms in it and his keys in it and all of his tools out of it. Oh, see, I don't. That's your indicator that they quit. Right. Yeah. And so, see, I don't go out like that. I go out with it's on fire. I'm driving it. I jump out. It <laughs> crashes into the building and burns the building down. There you go. Like that's how you quit. So, it, it it's just one of those things that at the moment your head's on to bigger and better things or bigger futures or different futures or whatever, you immediately become a liability to the company in certain roles. Now, again, if you're a manager or you have a long tenure with the company. And, and you're leaving on excellent terms or whatever else, like similar to how I was leaving those other companies, it's, it's subject to interpretation at each incident there. I, when I gave my two weeks at those other companies, I was perfectly prepared for them to say, thanks, but no thanks. Just go ahead and have today be your last day. Yeah, but if you're vital, that doesn't work. <laughs> right, right. Because so, you leave and they call you the next day and they go, uh... What the fuck do we do? Yeah. I mean, there there are sharky companies out there that would like, okay, we'll hire you. Can you start on Monday? And if you say no, I'm going to give two weeks. Well, they may fill that role in those two weeks. Mm-hmm. They may treat you like first come, first serve. And now, again, you don't you... want to work at that company anyway. Correct. Right? Correct. But what you're risking is like losing your old job before you before you're made aware of that you know what i mean yeah yeah it's so a slippery slope that's that's <laughs> where it's just you have a good conversation with them and say i mean even if you have to say i was considering giving my two weeks but my head's checked out and you probably don't want me to be here so this is just going to be my last day yeah totally like my my plumber that we had that just quit with us no notice other than, like, I got a text. First off, you knew he was quitting. You well, told me two weeks before. You're like, we're going to have this meeting. He's going to quit. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I had, my, you fucking told I had me. my hunches, right? Like, he's quitting. But I know he's quitting is what you told me. There, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of owners and a lot of managers that would have that scenario happen, and then they would immediately call the guy a dirtbag for not giving us two weeks. Yeah. And, and mine's <laughs> not the case at all. Like, I knew he was kind of checking out a little bit. And yeah. so when he quit, it was like, okay. And I kind of agree with you. It's probably better that you go somewhere else. You weren't all that happy here. You know, it it just wasn't working out. And it's perfectly fine. Like, there's no hard feelings between me and the guy or anything else. It just, 
it just is what it is. But so you'll never see me like griping because a guy didn't give me two weeks. Like I know that I've seen the risks of when you do give two weeks. So. Yeah. But um, this show's running long, but we're going to keep going. Uh, what else you well. got? What? Okay, you get it's, one. You get one thing. It's the Beyond the Void section of the show. Don't be so excited and douchey. Just what do you? You get one. You get one thing. What is, is it? Is World War Three starting, Dave? I think World World War Three started six months ago. Yeah. Yeah, I do. You think Russia and Ukraine are going to drag the world into a war? I don't know, man. I can't figure it out. I mean, the you know what the real problem is is our media and the hearsay. Oh yeah, I can't understand. So, I heard the other day. Listen, I hate Tucker Carlson. I do not watch him. I just I can't I can't stand the fucking guy. Okay. Okay. He was saying that the Saudis had a have been involved and they had a truce basically between Ukraine and Russia worked out. Okay. And then the Nord Stream pipeline got bombed. Okay. And upset fucking everybody. And now no one knows what's going to go on. And Russia's moving all these parts around that were part of their nuclear units. And, you know, then they had the voting where they tried to take parts of Ukraine. And now Ukraine is launched a counteroffensive and they've moved them all out and all these people are saying that the US blew up the pipeline and then Ukraine's trying to join NATO. I can't figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And when I can't figure it out and I'm not sure, then I'm worried. Yeah. Like normally like you kind of get a feel of what's going on. I have no fucking feel. I cannot figure it out. North Korea launched a fucking missile over Japan and all Japan's uh, missile test radars went off and they told everyone to take cover and it went over Japan and crashed into the ocean. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on, dude. I can't figure it out. I can't put my thumb on it. So I'm worried. I'm, I, I mean, it, it, it legitimately worries me. I'm a different person now than I was even probably as recently as like seven to nine months ago when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, I used to invest a lot of time and energy in trying to stay up on a lot of that stuff. And then you'd make social media posts about it and you'd wager your opinion and you'd state your case. And then you get in all these arguments online and just all this kind of stuff. And I, it was driving me a little, I don't want to say crazy or insane, but it was really, really distracting for me. And so I had to make like a conscious choice. Uh, we were talking about this before the show prep. I didn't even know that pipeline got bombed. I actively don't watch the news. Um, we were even, we talked about it on a recent episode where um, um, I had my earbuds in and I was at Planet Fitness and they had two different TVs going and somehow I got the news stories confused and combined them. Yeah. That, that one semi truck that they had all the <laughs> illegal immigrants that died in it. Yeah, that was and then, sad. And then the train that hit the dump truck. Somehow in my head, I walked out of Planet Fitness thinking a train hit a semi truck full of illegal <laughs> immigrants and killed everybody. So, like, how, how Democrat of you. Yeah. So, so that's <laughs> to how. not know the facts. So that's how. I like actively, I don't watch the news. And the reason for me is because 
if if Russia and Ukraine are going to get into a war, like there's nothing I am going to be able to do about it, right? No. If if Russia shoots a missile at Japan, there's nothing I can do about it that. It was North Korea, not Russia. Okay. Oh, sorry. So again, that's how little I know, right? Oh, fucking ADHD. So um, I. Um, it, some of it you feel exposed a little bit. You feel a little bit vulnerable because you are that disconnected from what's going on. However, you take the amount of time, effort, and energy that I was spending for that, and I reapply that same amount of time, effort, and energy into trying to grow my business or working with Austin on video stuff or working on you know my family or whatever else. And man, the shift is is pretty crazy. Um, uh, as as all the listeners of this show know, back in April, my wife and I got into like the biggest fight we've ever gotten in in our marriage. <laughs> right? Well, <laughs> that's about the time where I was like actively, completely shutting off all media and everything else. And I can't help but think that there isn't some correlation between allowing all of those outside stresses to put stress on all of the things that actually mattered to me. Well, all stress integrates into itself. So yeah. if, if you, if you get stressful, if you get stressed out from one thing, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's what's going on in politics, if it's, uh, work, if it's your kid at school, it doesn't matter. It all throws stress onto everything else in your life. Yeah. That doesn't mean you can't be, you don't have to be engaged you can still be listening to what's going on. Being yeah. being in the know doesn't mean that you're letting it take over your life. Yeah. Like that's what I try to do. So I will I will like so in the mornings I get up, you know, get ready, make coffee. I try to have some coffee before I leave, right? Right. So while I'm doing that, I'm just reading the news stories that I either missed you know, last night or this morning or whatever. And I just try to get the facts mm -hmm. if something piques my interest. You know, sometimes during the day, you know, at, say I'm at lunch by myself or something, I'll try to read. And then at night, I'll try to read, not before I go to bed, like at, I try not to read any of that stuff or have any of that stuff in my brain after, this is going to sound stupid, I don't do it past 6 o'clock. Right. I also try not to eat past 6 or 7 o'clock. It just, it, it just fucks with me, Yeah, you know? So at, you know, four or five, if I can just, you know, read through stories and gather information yeah. and then make my own opinions on stuff, that's how I am. And that, by doing that, it doesn't stress me out, yeah. but I feel like I have the knowledge and I know what's going on. Yeah. So right? I had to unplug completely for a while. There was no dialing it back for it's me. It's because you're addicted to your phone. Maybe. No, I know you are. Yeah, you yeah, told yeah. me you were. No, no, I'm saying maybe it's because I'm addicted to my phone. No, you are. We've talked no, about it, and then we went and played that golf tournament. Yeah. And like hole number two, we're at the tee box waiting for the next team. We're drinking beer. Everyone's having fun. I look over. Yeah. And Mitch is sitting in the cart with his fucking phone. I literally walk up and I'm like, dude, put your phone down. What do yeah. you? Like these opportunities are rare. Put yeah. your and he did. Yeah, he put his phone down. He's like, all right, all right. No, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like it may be because I'm addicted to my phone that you're I either, had to completely unplug from the media. You're either max or none. So the reason I so I tried for a moment. I tried just doing the surface level overview shit. The problem with that for me was headlines are so misleading 
that I couldn't just try to gather, uh, stay aware of what's going on just by reading headlines, because if you just read the headlines, that's not the... Well, yeah, and I don't read the headlines. Like, I'll click on that article, and then I'll, I will literally Google search that idea and read someone else's. Right. This is, this is going to make me sound like a, yeah, huge, yeah, yeah, yeah. a huge fucking nerd. So when I was a kid, my mom took, like, all these speed reading courses, mm-hmm. and so I used to, like, sit with her and do it. And so I can literally, like, I can open an article and I can just pull all the facts or what I deem as facts out of it pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not not sitting there for 45 minutes. I'm trying to just soak up as much what I think is factual information. Right. You know, and then I, I will say I do not or never have... Like, I won't immediately go on Facebook. I hardly ever post anything political. Right. I think with the... So in November 8th coming up, I will probably start doing stuff, mm-hmm. but I, I try not to because then you know how it is. That's a rabbit hole. Oh yeah. You post one thing and the next thing you know, it's and your name's been dropped 87 times. Yep. That's a problem. Yeah. I yeah. will say that. Yeah. I try not to do that at all. That is, yeah. Like I, I don't even watch much TV anymore. To be honest with you, sports only, baby. Yeah, a little bit of sports here and there, well, and reruns that's, and, and that's reruns of old shows you like, or streaming. <laughs> that's what I do, or streaming movies or something like that. But um, I, I literally made an active effort to cut a lot of that crap out because it was it was hurting me in so many other areas. Um, just like what you were talking about, the the balance of stress everywhere. So yeah, um, you know, we could be. We could be weeks away from World War Three, and I wouldn't know it. And if if World War Three happened three weeks from now, I don't know if like I don't, I wouldn't have any regrets going. Oh, I wish I would have known about this three weeks ago. I would have changed things. Like no, your regret would be like, man, I wish if I had known this was coming here, I'd have prepared a little better. Yeah, I might actually own a rifle because right now I don't. <laughs> you still got those old over under shotguns that your dad had. Yeah, they're at my dad's house. They're at your dad's. Yeah. So I'm talk your dad out of them. See, I, I haven't been on the news for like three weeks, and I've just been like the most peaceful I've been in a long time. Right. Yeah. It's it's it. You have to have very personal accountability to be able to regulate yourself. Yeah. When it comes to like current events and what's going on in this crazy world. Yeah. Like it took me. I'm not. I mean, it took me a long time to realize, okay, I need to know what's going on, but I have to be able to not let that rule my life. Yeah. You know, and it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. It's a very hard thing to do. So, like, real life example of this, Prager U, um, I follow them on Facebook, apparently, because their stuff shows up. I don't remember following them, but their stuff shows up on my feed, and, and it kind of comes and goes and everything else. I saw a PragerU post, and it was like, happened just now. Um, and the post said something to the effect of, like, how do you deal with your woke friends? And I was one of the first people to comment on it. I say one of the first because it got a 1,000 comments in three minutes. I don't have any. But um, <laughs> I, about that? I made a comment on there, and I said I treat them with just as much respect as I do anybody else because, like, part of the problem we have in America is – we feel like we need to not be friends with people who have differing beliefs than us. Like 
like I have friendships that run deeper than their political views. And I actually enjoy their wildly opposing political views because it kind of keeps you in check and it lets you know what the, where the other side's at, what they're thinking and everything else. Right. I didn't say all this in the comment. I just basically said, I treat them with just as much respect as everyone else. Because it was PragerU is so popular, like any first comment's going to get a lot of reactions. I don't know what PragerU is. Oh, yeah, to look them up. Okay, I'll look it up. They're they're pretty far right wing, um, but um, my comment got like I don't know fourteen or fifteen hundred reactions or something like that. Jesus, and um, and there were like eighty people that replied to it, and of the eighty people that replied to it, like four or five may have said like yeah this or you know, totally or totally agree with this or whatever. Most of the people were like, Oh my gosh, how can you even live with woke people? Or like, like they were so against the fact that I'm like not hating woke people. And it's like, man, that, that's gotta be like, I don't really care what they said. Like I posted and ghosted. I didn't reply to a single one of those comments or anything, but posted your phone and ghosted. Yeah. That's the best thing to do. <laughs> you, now. Like I, re- I read the comments just because it's a good barometer where people are at. And, and there are so many people that just are entrenched in their head. And like a lot of these comments are like, wokeism is beyond political. This is like, they're active terrorists trying to destroy our nation and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, like I've got friends that are probably on the woke side. I don't think they're active terrorists. I, I me personally, I think they're a little confused because they don't think the way I think. And, and so like, there, there are so many people out there that are just so entrenched in their beliefs that they're not even open to the idea of somebody believing something else. And it's, it just runs their life. Yeah. You know, I think that I, I think that in the last four or five months, especially in the last maybe six months. So the people that are, are woke are exactly like the people that responded to your post. Just the opposite. Just the opposite, yes. right? Like yes. they, so whatever they say or think or whatever, that's their. Let's be honest, they're ten percent of the country. Okay, yeah. yeah. Those people think that if you don't agree with them or whatever, fuck you. Yeah. Okay, and I think they started the snowball. Yeah. But then the other people that are over here that are like, no, I don't agree with that. The woke people have pushed them. Yeah. To that edge. Yeah. Okay. And I and I don't think that the woke people did it on purpose, but you know what is it for every uh, reaction? There's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. So basically, what has happened is they've created another ten percent. Yeah. But then that ten percent has gone out and said, "Hey, look at these people," and they've they've grown their percent larger. Yeah. Which, to be honest, is probably the natural balance you know, the way it needs to be. And then the, the woke will probably, (laughs) the real problem is tolerance in this country. Just like you were saying, there is no tolerance for anything at all. Right. And I think that the real problem I, I think is the super far left because they've started the no tolerance. No, you know, I, I hear from people that, you know, have gone to really, uh, prominent colleges and they say you know a lot of what they teach is if you don't get your way this is how you get your way right you know what i mean yep 
and that they have drilled that into them so much that like when you see these interviews on like YouTube and these different channels and they're literally the interviewer is asking people um, just real common sense questions and they're asking them in a normal tone like just hey what do you think and then the person is screaming bloody murder and yelling and throwing and they're like like you see the guy look at the camera and you're like what is what is fucking happening right now yeah like the people are so far gone over the edge that there's no tolerance that's a problem yeah yeah it's an extreme problem well a a real life example of that um a real problem is you if there are people like that on both sides, you cannot have democracy. Yeah. Well, so with freedom comes chaos, right? You're going to have yeah. confusion. You're going to have differing opinions. That's part of freedom. But you have to be able to accept yeah. that there are going to be people different from you. Yeah. And that when you don't get your fucking way, you can't throw a goddamn temper tantrum right. in the middle of the street yeah. and burn a fucking building down because God, I didn't get my way. Right. Right. Because eventually what you will do is you will push and you will push and you will push. And what will happen is that opposite and equal reaction. Yep. And that's when people start getting killed. That's when other violence starts happening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can only push it to the edge so far before people start falling off of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like the goats on the mountain. Yeah. Well, they just keep pushing them to the edge. What is going to happen? We well, you know what's going to happen. One of them's going to fall the fuck off of it. Right. Right. The, uh, you know, a real life example of this. Um, I'm a business owner. I have to make business decisions that are in the best interest of the business. I bought an all electric Ford transit, right? I didn't have a political agenda when I bought this all electric Ford transit. I didn't have an environmental agenda when I bought it. I bought it because we can work with the lower range that this unit has. We have insanely cheap electrical rates here. We pay five cents a kilowatt for electricity here. It's the cheapest electrical rate in the nation. Yeah. So an better stay that way too. (laughs) An EV makes perfect sense for me and my business, right? Well, let's let's wait till winter. Well, yeah. Then we'll decide. You would be amazed at how much heat I get for simply buying an EV. People will call me a liberal. They'll act really? like I'm an environmentalist and, and everything. And, and it, they're so myopic with their views. I had somebody the other day. Good word. Yeah. I had somebody literally just yesterday or this morning. Uh, I, I made a post on my social media because we're, we're going to actually set a world record with this EV. Um, Do you call uh, who does the world records? Guinness. Did you call it Guinness? No, because we're not going to break a world record. We're going to set a world record. Doesn't matter. So Guinness, they. Well, we might. You should call. Who, well, I may, may, I might call them. But anyway, all you got to do is send an email. Um. So about all this, we're we're going to set this world record. So I made a post on my social media about it, and there are people that will come up with some of the wild and craziest things to be against EVs for. And keep in mind, I'm totally neutral on it. I did it because it's smart for the business, right? I saved $21,000 by buying it. And then on top of that, I save about 400 bucks a month in fuel. So, so far, there's no downsides to it so far, right? So, um, to the business, to the business, right? To the bottom line of the business. It makes perfect sense. Right. So, um, I had this one guy make a comment saying something to the effect of, well, I had a customer bring in a gas vehicle and they just clocked over like 876,000 miles. So I don't see the need for EVs. 
Like, that's a pretty far-fetched thing to bring up to be against EVs. Like, yeah. for one, how many cars make it past 200,000 miles? Like, 876 is a really rare thing. And can you imagine sitting in the seat of a car that's gone 876,000 miles? Don't say that, because you could buy a new seat for 200 bucks. You could. Don't give right. me that crap. But, <laughs> he doesn't mean the literal seat. He means, like, knowing that this thing could, like, fall apart on the highway. Well, it, but, I mean, well, just... Some people just don't care. How yeah. does, like, th- he's come up with this as, like, some argument yeah. of why you no, don't get need it. EVs. Like, what I does that it. have anything to do with Nothing. it, right? People are nuts. And and so I, I sucked into it for a moment, and I said... Okay, 876,000 miles. Let's say you're getting an oil change every 5,000 miles. Let's say an oil change costs 50 bucks. And I know that people go longer than five, and I know oil changes cost more than 50. Like, I'm being generous with my info. I said, you've spent $9,000 in oil changes. An EV has no oil changes, right? So just in oil changes alone, you're, you're nine grand just in oil changes, plus the time out and everything else. And so he replies back. And says, actually, this van's getting oil changes every 15,000 well, miles. That fucking, and, that Mobile One synthetic 15,000 mile thing is bullshit. Well, he says it's getting oil changes every 15,000 miles and they cost $150. Okay. That's the same number. It's the same freaking number. <laughs> God damn it. I can do math in my head. I'm pretty smart. Yeah. I mean, come on, so, dude. So, like, they're literally grasping at straws. Yeah. Right? And, and you'll get all of these remarks everywhere. Like, what are they going to do with the batteries when that thing dies? Well, that's not my fucking problem. I don't know what they did with the car I sold last year. Yeah. Like, it's well, not... I will say, I, I, the whole EV thing, electric vehicles have their role in this country. Absolutely, they do. Okay? Yeah. They do. There are people that are going to drive them, that it benefits them. There are, look, diesel trucks that move our goods are going to be around for a long time. Uh, forever. Okay. Locomotives, Tra- diesel-powered yes. okay. electric locomotives. They're going to burn gas. Yeah. This is this is what I'm, I was talking about earlier. There There is common ground. We have to get to a point where there's balance between yeah. both things. The real problem, the, I, I think what really triggers people about the EVs is – and I, and I really don't have an opinion either way. What I do know is in order for them to get enough lithium to make the battery, it costs more than a diesel truck burns in 10 years. So their, their diesel footprint right off the, gat, off the bat is higher, okay? But you have to have that in order to move um, the technology forward. Okay, right. so you ha- so you have to go through those growing pains, just like we did with coal. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you have to go through that. What triggers people is when governments and people try to force something onto other people yeah. without letting it grow naturally yep. and becoming natural. That's the point that triggers people, and they they post stuff like, oh, 800, because they are so off the rails. Just like everyone that is like, look, if you care about the environment, you buy a Tesla, and this is what you do. And Those people are just as crazy as that guy, because yeah. if everyone in California bought a fucking Tesla, the power grid would catch on fire, and you wouldn't have electricity yep. for 100 years until they replaced all the lines. Yeah. Okay? Not to mention the fact that they're burning coal and natural gas to make that electricity. Yeah. Okay? You have to let things happen naturally. Yep. Does there need to be government 
tax dollars go to that? Yes, of course there does. Yeah. It does. It's, of course there does. <laughs> you, you have to move. It's the natural to, progression of things. You have to let it happen naturally right. and as a society. So yeah. people on both sides that are crazy right and crazy left, all of you need to shut the fuck up yeah. and just let it happen. At, don't, don't put a bunch of legislation in that says – we're cutting out gas vehicles by 2034 because your power grid can't handle it. Okay. Yeah. So stop fucking around. Everyone that's over here that says an electric battery is bullshit. That can't happen. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. We're moving that way. That guy okay? probably owns a golf cart and a whole assortment of lithium ion powered battery, you know, cordless tools. Yeah. Like exactly. he's using a lot of battery in his life. Yeah. Already. Yeah, so. ex- exactly. But you have to, <laughs> this whole thing of, You know, I will say that, especially people on the right, I'm on the right for anyone that is paying attention. I'm on the right, and the real problem is people on the right have not said anything for so long that now that they're saying things, people freak out. Well, Oh, fuck! You're not supposed to say anything! And some of it is they don't know how to argue. Yeah. They're they're still they're yeah. new to the argument, so they don't yeah. quite know how to if do it. If any of you need to know how to argue, send me an email yeah. at DaveHill A one yeah. at Yahoo.com. I'll fucking call you and we'll teach you how to fucking talk shit. Just I just people drive me crazy, man. Like they're just driving me fuck I want to throw this desk through the wall. One of the most ignorant remarks I've seen is like with this hurricane that comes through Florida. How would you like to be charging your EV right now in Florida? Well, guess what? If you're in the ravaged area where there's still no power, you ain't living there. Yeah. You're not worried about charging an EV anyway, but also, last you, I checked... You're not driving your gas car The fucking gas station there doesn't have power either. Yeah, they're not running your pumps, bro. Right. Now, I know. It's so dumb. Now, here's what I have actually picked up is I'm on a Ford... E Transit group on Facebook. God, you're such a nerd. Yeah, well. <laughs> so I'm on this group on Facebook, and there have been more than one E Transit owner on Facebook that actually powered their house and powered their fridge and powered their important things off of their electric vehicle for the few hours that they were, like the day that they were waiting for power to get restored. Yeah. So I will say, I. Well, I don't understand this is a little side bar here, but I'm not saying that the people in Florida are stupid or the people that were in New Orleans when Katrina hit are stupid, but you have a week's notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pack up your shit and move the fuck on. Dude, yeah. drive 10 hours to Georgia and rent a fucking hotel room for one night. See what happens. And if you can go home, go home. Yeah. If you can't, then deal with it. That's like. I don't fucking. My the, brother says it all the time. He's like, dude, hey, when. when Ian was he's like, hey, how many people do you think are gonna like move or leave? I was like, they all should. Not enough. <laughs> all of them, right. Should be fucking leaving right now, and yeah. they don't. They stay there, and people get killed, and their houses get destroyed, and then they're like, I don't understand what. What do you mean you don't yeah. understand? You had a week. Yeah. Move. Yeah. Go and if, away. And if you live in that area and you don't have homeowners insurance, well, you're a fucking idiot, right? Right. So <laughs> it, that's a, that's like getting hit by a coal train. And then acting surprised. As like if it's you didn't see it coming, miles an hour. you didn't hear it coming, and you didn't know exactly where it was going to go. I don't understand. They were like, well, it hit two hours lower. First off, if I'm on the coast, I'm like, babe, we... We got we got three days. That's enough time to get the boat out of the way. That's yeah. the other thing. You see all these boats that are, like, slammed into the shore? Yep. 
you can't pull your boat out of the water? Yeah. It takes like an hour. Like, if Doug, you... Pull your boat out, pack your bags, get your important documents and paperwork. Like, we have all ours in one yeah. area. Get in the truck. And, and drive the fuck out of the state. And maybe, maybe like, let's, what are you doing? let's say maybe you spend all your time getting your family and everything else out and you didn't have time to get your boat out. Well, as long as you're not bitching about losing your boat, yeah, then you're fine, right? Like, Or get in your boat if you're worried about gas and you can't go and sail to fucking goddamn New Orleans and hang yeah. out with Mr. Diaz. Yeah, like... Like call Jorge, be like, yeah. hey, bro, can you hey, pick me up at the boat stay dock? In, I'm stay fucking staying. You got a room? Yeah. I mean, what are you people doing? I, I really don't think there's as many people that are, like, feeling victims to this tragedy as much as the media is trying to tell you that. Oh, are. no, I don't think there are. You know? Like, I don't think there are. But my And my point wasn't the victim. It's just when I see him, I'm like, why, why are you still there? Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah. Leave. I had I had a buddy of mine uh, Leave, that lives bro. in Florida, and he was fairly close to the eye. Uh, he has a two year old house that was built for a Category Five hurricane. He chose to ride it out. Category, it's built for a Category Five hurricane. That's a little different. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. He was prepared, right? Yeah. He had food. He had generators. He had everything. He chose to ride it out. He updated Facebook as much as he could with filming. Um, apparently, the back half of the hurricane was stronger than the front half, so we didn't yeah. hear from him much on the back half. But, yeah, 180 mile an hour wind gusts. Yeah. Woo. So, um, but he jumped back up online and he was like, "Yeah, we, you know, the back half was stronger. That's why he didn't hear from me. But we're still here. House is fine. House is built for this. Um, like, we're still good. We got no power." And then, like, six hours later, he posted a picture of he and his girlfriend. Fired up my generator, bitch. <laughs> lights, lights on in the house. He was like, this is the look on your face when power comes on days sooner than you were expecting. But he was fucking prepared. Yeah. Totally different when you have a plan. Yeah. So, this yeah. is it, Personal, what do, we, what do we preach? What's our motto? Personal responsibility. We need some t-shirts made up that just say, the void. Personal responsibility. Yeah. That's just all they have to say. Personal on. responsibility is the undefeated champion of the world. I don't understand. Yeah. He always has to make it into some idealistic saying. Mitch. It can, uh, never, it can never Mr. be just Smedley. like, you know, of the world. <laughs> <laughs> my, my son has a, a hoodie that all it says is stop doing drugs. He that's wears great, it to school every day. That's a great shirt. That's a great shirt. <laughs> yeah. like, that's the same thing as personal responsibility. Yeah. What are you doing? Stop doing drugs. You seem like wearing around. You're like, who are you talking to specifically? You know, yeah. is he wearing it Does he walk house? up to your wife and look at her? <laughs> <laughs> like, turn his chest? It's legal. She has a card. It's okay. I don't give a shit. It's still drunk. <laughs> you just look at her. I don't her. know. Austin popped a couple of Advil before the show. Yeah. Ibuprofen. Yeah. Man, if they don't change your mindset, they're not drugs. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me take another drink of my drug over here then. Yeah, caffeine, alcohol, sugar. Sugar is the greatest drug on the planet. Yep. It right. makes you fat and stops your heart. Uh, Let's wrap this show up. Wrap it up. It's been 140. I know. I know. It's been a minute. Oh, so, uh, guys, if you like this show, if this show brought you value, um, if you uh, took something away from this show that you think others would benefit from, please do us a favor and help share this show with somebody else that you know that uh, either wants to start their own company or wants just some general business sense with some real life application to it. So, um, until next time, guys, we will see you later. Peace. Yes. Yes. Yeah.